The following was recorded at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Surviving Syria's civil war today on the world. Hi, Marco Werman. The war in Syria has left the city of Aleppo in ruins, but it has not broken the spirit of those who stayed. They're human beings. They breathe like us. They love like us. They want to one day do something that's very similar to what you want to do. Plus, hanging out with the arms dealers who supply weapons to ISIS. They were listening into a walkie-talkie frequency used by ISIS, and heard them talking about kebab and salad. <laughs> and I was like, "What is going on? Is this a lunch order?" And they said, "No, no, this is some kind of a code for weapons." Also, what happened when female lawmakers in New Zealand Parliament tried to speak out about rape? As a victim order, of sexual violence, order the member will leave the chamber. Those stories and more today on the world. We start today's show with a pretty extraordinary glimpse inside the war-torn Syrian city of Aleppo. Earlier today, I reached Rami Jarrah, who is in Aleppo. Jarrah himself is Syrian, originally from Damascus. He fled in 2011, moved first to Egypt, then Turkey. That's where he and some friends founded a citizen media project called ANA Press. Jarrah recently made his way back into Syria and into rebel-dominated Aleppo, where he's found violence and sadness, but also a warmth and hospitality that's taken him by surprise. Jarrah told me about a gentleman he met in Aleppo's old city, standing beside an ancient doorway. There was a man who used to have a tailor. Basically, he was a tailor, and his shop was destroyed by a、uh, was destroyed by an airstrike. The man stands there every day, guarding that location because it's become basically debris rubble under him. And he stands there because he worries that one day this land that his father passed on to him, this will be taken from him. I've seen this man every time I've gone to the old city, and it's as if he's he's stuck in the past. And he says he refuses to fight, and the only thing that he's doing is that he's protecting his land. With your citizen media project、uh, ANA Press,、uh, you find yourself often going out to scenes where people are just frantic to find their loved ones who are often buried beneath rubble. Tell us about one incident just a few days ago、uh, involving a man searching for his children. This was in the old city of Aleppo. There was a man that was panicking and saying, "Where's my son? Where's my children? My son Hassan. His children had been actually blown to pieces." They weren't under the rubble. They'd been actually hit directly by the missile itself, and in fact, his wife had also been killed in the attack. And we found that out yesterday when we visited them again. So, Rami, I mean, this man has lost basically his immediate family. How does he pick up and move on, especially in Aleppo, a city we know is under siege? He's still in shock, and he was furious. The man was continuously shouting, saying that ISIS are not here. Why has this happened to us? He grabbed his other son. And he was shaking his son, shaking him around, saying, "Do you want to kill him as well?" It was just frantic, and it was—I I don't know how they cope. You're also posting vignettes, little portraits of of Aleppo residents you meet on your Facebook page. It's kind of like humans of New York, but it's humans of of Aleppo. These are the Syrians you were just talking about, who are trying to stay put and retain their lives, their humanity. Who actually impresses you? Who do you choose to profile? You know, they're, they're human beings. They breathe like us. They love like us. They want to one day do something that's very similar to what you want to do. They're really just normal human beings who are caught in a conflict. And I think if you place this sort of environment over any human being in any country or any situation, there would be side effects similar to the ones that we're seeing in Syria. I mean, it's got to be said, Rami, that you're not an impartial observer. Yes, 
Yes, definitely. If I'm to be totally honest, journalism in my situation is for the sake of activism. And uh, as a media activist, I think what, what I'm aiming to do is to actually create that opposition information to the uh, what, what's being uh, amplified by the Syrian regime and its counterparts. It might sound like, you know, I'll, I'll say anything to oppose the Syrian regime. I hope that the principles of activism are enough, enough proof that that's not going to be the case. As activists, what we were looking for in Syria is freedom of expression and the ability for people basically to choose who will lead them. So when you go to a place like Aleppo, how do you feel about your own security? It is something to worry about. ISIS do have hidden cells. I'm already not, not in their good books. We have a journalist that works with us that was kidnapped. Uh, this was um, in October 2013, and we haven't seen him since. There aren't any foreign journalists. Totally understood. It's very dangerous for foreigners to...